Welcome to the weekly podcast channel for the Wilmington Church of Christ. We hope that this channel inspires and encourages you to take the gospel to all people, transforms hearts to be like Christ, and trains disciples to make disciples. For more information about our church, please go to wcconline.org. Enjoy the message. Having a busy schedule has kind of been like a theme of our family uh, the last since school started back up, uh, maybe even a little bit before. Uh, I have three high schoolers, and they're all in high school and taking dual uh, college classes. And my wife, she's working one of our local hospitals, and she's also going back to school in, in college. And we are so busy, it seems like. Um, w- sometimes we're so busy, we, we have uh, trouble remembering that just being busy is not actually being uh, together as a family. Uh, church can happen that way, too. We can get so busy doing church, when, and doing church is important. Uh, doing Sunday morning church is important. We can get so busy doing church that we forget to become the church. I mean, think about all the things that go involved in just uh, being together and gathering together for church. It takes over 100 people to make sure church starts functioning. We have uh, small group leaders that are preparing lessons. We have children's uh, classes that are, they're preparing. They're cleaning. Uh, we have people that come in, clean uh, the sanctuary. They put up chairs, tables. Um, we have a new safety team that patrols the area, the hallways and outside on the grounds. And, and to top it off, uh, normal church stuff, uh, normal three months ago, now we have to be a broadcast studio. We, we have camera operators and editors and producers, and we have to put our uh, service, our worship service, our worship together online. And uh, today, a couple people had to call in sick. They couldn't come. They have, they're a little under the weather and they're being safe, and they, they're not showing up. Just They don't probably have coronavirus. They're just not feeling good. And so it got really busy here. And we can't forget that in the midst of all the busyness, we have to actually become the church, not just do church. Um, in, in Ephesians, uh, we've been talking about uh, our identity in Christ the last couple of weeks, and we started with, I am a child of God. This is our identity that we We base our whole life around. And then last week, we started talking about the responsibilities of being a child of God. One of those responsibilities is being the called out ones that are trained when we gather to go into the world and be the church. Today, we're going to drill down a little bit further on some of the responsibilities of being the church, being the ecclesia, being the child, the children of God. And in the passage we're going to look at today, Ephesians chapter four, uh, you can turn your Bibles there if you, if you'd like already. Ephesians chapter 4, we're really going to drill down on 11 through 16, but I asked uh, Kelsey and Amy Luttrell, Kelsey's part of our princess ministry, I asked her to read, uh, her and Amy, her mom, to read Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16 for us today. The part that we're going to look at today is talking about the responsibility of the church and the results of the church. See if you can hear where the responsibility and the results are in this passage of Scripture. Now, Father Lord, when I urge you to live a life for the for the kind you have received, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the beauty. Unity of the Spirit through the bond of 
peace still is one body and one spirit just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord one faith one baptism one God and Father of all who is all and through all and and in all but to each one of us grace has been given as Christ impartion it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity and in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Kelsey is part of our princess ministry and they have some great uh, instructors, Vicki Temple and Teresa McCann, and now Francine Funk are training up our princess ministries uh, in the way they should go and in the Lord uh, to equip them for works of service. I, uh, so thank you, Kelsey and Amy, for doing that. Part of our responsibility from Ephesians 4 is to equip one another for works of service. And uh, to that end, I've asked Tim Miller, one of our elders, to come and, and have a conversation with me today about uh, what it means for that responsibility. There goes our notes. There goes the message, man. Uh, responsibility for equipping each other for uh, works of service in the church and how that, how that kind of works and functions. Uh, that word equip... Let me, let me ask you the question. I'm just going to drop it again. That word, uh, that word equip, um, it has this idea of preparing somebody for a job. Um, maybe... If you were a fisherman, you'd equip your nets. You'd mend your nets so that they'd go out and function correctly. If you were a doctor, you could uh, mend a bone. You'd equip the bone so it would function properly again. In the church setting, uh, we equip a, a church member uh, with the ability to function correctly, not only in the church, but also in the world to look like Jesus Christ. Um, Tim, where have you seen... Uh, where have you seen people being equipped to serve in our congregation? Here, it, we do a pretty good job at asking people to come and, and be involved. Um, we, we 
we have a pretty good way of, of just uh, one generation to the next generation to the next generation uh, teaching how to do things, uh, background jobs and such. But uh, the, the thing we, we really do well, in my opinion, is we look for talent. We look for a fit. Um, those who, who seem to want to be engaged, we try to find a way for them to be engaged. Yeah, I, I like how you said that. We, we look for where people can use their gifts or their gifting by the Holy Spirit. Uh, one of the things that happens, I've seen this happen again and again in, in church world, is um, somebody is really wanting to volunteer for a role, and they volunteer for a role, and they may not be very good at it. Well, we don't need to keep that person in that role. We need to find something else for them to do that they're going to be able to use their gifts um, and be even even uh, more useful in the kingdom. Um, so we don't have to stay in one spot, especially if we're not good at it. We can we can rotate. Or if sometimes we just get burned out doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, some people do the same job for years and years and years, and they are very content to serve in that way. And other people do do a, a job within the church or in the community. And after a little while, they said, "Hey, I'm I'm ready for a change." Uh, but our our church does do a, a good job, and there there are lots of, of of placing people where they can serve in such a way that they build the body up. Uh, that responsibility of equipping is individual, so it's it's my responsibility to to grow up in in Christ and equip myself. But it's also the responsibility of the church as a whole to help equip each other. Um, and that's where it says here in verse 11, Christ himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service. Uh, that, that's one of the key things that the church is supposed to do. Uh, the church is supposed to prepare us all to do the work. Uh, so there's, a, there's sometimes a false, uh, false idea out there kind of works like this. I, I come to a church and I, I like some things and I don't like others. And I get in the consumer mindset that it should be about the things I like. And, and there's, there's a place for that. But that misses the point of I'm supposed to be serving. And Jesus said, I came to serve. Now you go serve. And um, so there's this false idea that happens that ministers, preachers, elders are supposed to minister to the church, minister to people. And that's that's kind of the the in the unbiblical way, and this this passage said actually pastors are supposed to equip and prepare people to minister to each other, and uh, what I love about our church is that we do minister to one another, we care for one another, we show up with meals or with prayer or with Bible uh, Bible study to build each other up. Can you tell us about um, a little bit of experience where you've seen? our church show up for somebody else and prepare them or equip them for ministry or maybe just show up? Well, we, multiple groups have gone to uh, people's homes during a crisis. Uh, an event has happened, something dramatic, tragic even, and, and, and just poured love into them. Um, so they, they feel um, that love. But we also find individuals or individuals come to uh, leaderships. It can just be as, as simple as a, a small class leadership. And they say, I want to get more involved. I, or the leader comes to them and says, have you ever thought about doing this? And, uh, 
and, and if there's a light that goes off per se, something like that uh, happens, we start the development of them. Uh, the, the, the key to this is trust. Um, leaders aren't just put, we don't just put someone in charge of something because we need a warm body. We put someone in charge of something because they have a certain fit and a certain skill set. And that's, we trust them. They trust us that we see that in them and they trust that, that, that it is seen. Who, who did that for you? So as you came to know Christ and you became more mature in Jesus, somebody along the way um, started um, pushing you toward the role of elder. Um, who were who the people that poured in your life? Maybe even go back to when you started um, becoming closer to Christ and, and as you became more mature in Christ. Um, well, first, it's always Deanne. She's always qualified me. She's moved me closer than anyone. And then Deanne's my wife. Um, so the second is, um, as I, I was involved, I was engaged, I was doing things, uh, um, our eldership process to become an elder starts with nomination committees. So a man's name is presented and a group of men uh, go in and question and find out their qualifications, find out their desires. Is it the correct fit? Well, I sat on a few of those committees. And whenever the phone would ring and that happened, Deanne would say, they're not asking you to be an elder, are they? So, um, but when the question of the eldership potential came, I trusted that the elders, they said, would you ever consider being an elder? I trusted they saw in me what I needed to be. And by the benefit of being on some of those nominated committees, I saw behind the veil of what elders kind of look like. Not nearly as deep as I needed to, but and have found out to be the reality. But uh, I, I saw something. And if they saw it in me, I trusted that it was there. What did you see behind the scenes that elders were doing? They're servants. Elders really serve this body. Uh, they they really want to shepherd. They really want to. They want to move our fit. What we do. What this congregation does. They want to move that into the community to, to, for a legacy. How do we generationally improve and grow the, the vision of God in this Wilmington community? That's really what they've been doing for years and years and years. Um, so, and you didn't use any of the church, churchy words. So, to determine uh, the vision for God for our church and the community, they've had, you, elders have had to pray. Um, you had to seek out his guidance in his word, um, serving. Uh, you all are at people's homes. You're teaching behind the scenes. And, and uh, I, I think I've mentioned this, but when we look at qualifications for just being a Christian or qualifications or being an elder, uh, the only difference between qualifications of just being a Christ follower and an elder is the ability to teach um, and, and to make sure that we're passing on uh, the scripture to other people. Um, and then uh, within our congregation, we also uh, try to have good fit, like you said. Um, we want to put an elder that has the same uh, 
uh, theological bent of our church. So some churches lean Calvinistic, some ch- churches lean Armenian. We lean more on the Armenian side. Those are church technical words. So we look for elders that have a good uh, theological fit, um, not just qualifications, and philosophy of ministry fit. So our church is big on getting people connected in groups um, so that we can grow one another, hold each other accountable, and grow. So we have to have a philosophical fit as well for our elders. And you got to see all of that when you were questioning potential elders. Yep. What are, who are some of the people that poured into you to help train you up? Oh, gosh. Um, so previous elder teams, you, you know, the Harold, Craig's, I'm going to use first names because they're my friends. Nobody knows who you're talking <laughs> about. Keep going, keep going. Uh, you know, Mark, uh, you know, Charlie, you, Nick, Jake, Jack, Jeff, um, those are just some of the elders. Uh, Don, Matt Noggle, uh, just a wonderful guy. How, how did they? How did they help train you? What did they do specifically? What are some ways? Oh my gosh! They challenge me to not just know the word, but know the spirit of the word. Know the spirit of the spirit. What what is this really saying? Yes, there's words there, but what are they really trying to do? And then how do we do that? Do we do that? If we don't, why don't we? And how do, how do we step? How do we make those steps? How do we make those corrections? I love I love that they they hold up the word to you, and then they say, "Are you doing this?" And then if you're not, let's fix it, right? Uh, and that's what we, we try to do here on Sunday mornings as well. We try to hold out. Here's what the Scripture says. How do we come more in line with that Scripture? And that's a responsibility that is on all of us. And it's also a responsibility um, the elders take very seriously. I know our small group leaders take seriously. And as we start regathering, our small groups start opening up. Our job is to equip each other to do works of service. And then we're looking for the results. Uh, so the results here in chapter 4... It, it has a whole sentence or two that, that talks about the results. So um, the, the body may be built up so that we all reach unity in the faith. That means we all are agreeing on the same doctrines, uh, that we have the knowledge of the Son of God. We, we become more intimate with Jesus. We know him. Uh, we become more mature. And this, this phrase, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, that's kind of hard to interpret. But what that means is we have Jesus in us so much, in our minds and in our hearts so much, that we start looking like Jesus to other people. When they see us, they see our actions, they see our attitude, they hear the words coming out of our mouth, they are seeing Jesus come out of us because we have the fullness of Christ in us. And those are kind of some of the results we're looking for as we grow people in, in the Word and, in the, and as we equip, equip them to serve uh, Pastors, elders, ministers, teachers, they're equipping our church to serve each other and and end up serving in the community too to show the love of Christ. Um, You've got to do this. One of my favorite things about you and about all of our elders is they go out and they try to win people to Christ and then baptize them into Jesus. Uh, One of the most beautiful things is I've seen you uh, lead some of your family members to Jesus and then baptize them into Christ right here in, in this room. Uh, what's that process look like um, where you are trying to equip somebody who's far from Jesus and bring them closer? Well, my example of family 
is you listen. First off is you are true to yourself and to your, your, your God. So you, you hold true to that. So you, you have conversations as family gatherings happen. And, and so you just let life happen. So you're just having a conversation. Then what happens is, is they ask a question. So you have to listen. You have to be open to the moment. So someone asked a question. And the first question that was asked to us was, Deanne and I, was just one of those, my gosh, that's such a baby question. Like, you know, how do you know the earth is round kind of silly question. But it, I asked that same question when I was new in faith. So like, oh, yeah, you don't. Okay, so then you start having conversations. And then you see interest. It's not just you, you, you ask them, how interested are you on this? And then you, now that the conversation started, I had ownership. I was responsible for moving a potential brother or sister into the fold, into the family. So I took that very seriously. And so it was, okay, let's just have some conversations. Then it became a study. And it was like, okay, now hold up. Where did you do that Bible study? Oh, we went to homes or each other's homes. Wherever it was convenient, when, whatever time was convenient, we would make it happen because you're moving into somebody else's life. So you have to swim wherever they swim. So that's what we did. And, and then the question comes to the big questions. What does it take? What does it, what does it really mean to do all this stuff that we started six weeks ago talking about? And it leads to the baptism. Uh, that, that's a beautiful experience, isn't it? Um, we have a we have one of our students that is preparing to be baptized and um, asking to commit his life to Christ, and he is under the weather today. So they stayed home. We we're rescheduling uh, for his his baptism, and um, you know there there are people that serve on the baptism team that can come and and help be a part of uh, just his his new life and new walk with Christ, and uh, we're looking forward to that pretty soon. But I like how you. Um, you moved into somebody's life with intentionality, but you also took responsibility for it. And then the results happen as you, as you give yourself to the process, they happen. Yeah. We didn't do anything. We talked. The Spirit started the work. You know, the Spirit came out of me. I'm not a t- great teacher. I'm, I'm probably not even a good teacher. I'm probably closer to not even that. But it doesn't matter. The Spirit is the great teacher. He'll bring the words out. He'll come and he'll visit and he'll say what needs to be said to that specific person at that specific moment. He knows how to connect to them. I don't know how to connect. But we have to be available. Yes. Um, and that's kind of the process to, uh, that we don't need to overcomplicate. The, uh, the process to, to lead people to Christ and the process that is our responsibility, it uh, is wrapped around that that koinonia word. Now, it translated in the Bible, it's, it's fellowship. But I think we ought to get rid of that English translation because when I hear fellowship, I think, uh, let's go have a casserole. Um, or, or we're past each other in the hall and we high-five and we had fellowship. No, the, the, that word fellowship in the Bible, it means more like a business partnership where we're investing, we're uh, suffering, we're sacrificing for the business of winning people to Christ. And... Um, we're looking for results of winning people to Christ. 
And so when we gather together, we are gathering together in a partnership to do the work of Jesus. And then uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm, in, I'm invested a little bit in a karate dojo where we train up Christian leaders to uh, using martial arts. And uh, boy, the investment's really easy. I let my partner put all of his money in and I just show up and teach. Uh, but every once in a while, I get to invest monetarily too. But we both sacrifice for the business. We both teach in the business. And we both um, are serving the business. That is what it is in the church. We have to invest and sacrifice and serve in the congregation to build that partnership so that we can find the gifting for each other and where we function and where we fit. And that leads to maturity. That's, that's the disciple of Jesus. And then we bring it full circle. We bring somebody back into the partnership, which is what you, you saw. And this is where we start hesitating. Um, we start thinking, man, i got to bring everybody in, the whole world. But no, it's not the whole world. It's just people in your sphere of influence, people that you know, people you're having conversations with. You just uh, look for the interest, and that's when our responsibility kicks in, that we have to invite them into this partnership with Jesus to seek out other people, find where they fit, and then that circle happens again. It's a pretty easy process. Sometimes it's just as simple as invite somebody. You don't invite groups. You invite one person. You invite a family. Whoever it is that you know, just invite that person. That one person. And, and it doesn't even have to invite to church. You can just invite them to a conversation. Just a conversation. Yeah. Um, have, you, have you seen that modeled? How did you know how to do that when you did that with your family members? Did you see it modeled by anybody? Yeah, everybody. <laughs> I mean, we're all here because someone invited us here. So someone invited me here. Someone invited you here. You know, only Arthur was the one who started it. So everybody else has been invited. So yeah, we've all done that. So yeah. Uh, and I've been thinking about this. I don't think it just has to happen in person. I've been thinking about the online community as well. Does this happen online as well? And I, I, I went down this uh, thought process of, well, you know, online, we can be fake. We can hide who we really are, and we don't have to let people in on, uh, to know that we don't have it all together, or we don't, we don't let them know that our, our life is messed up, or, or our marriage is in trouble, or fam you know, we don't have to let anybody know any of that stuff online. But then I thought, we can do that in person, too. We can be fake to each other in person just as easy as we can be online. Um, we have to be vulnerable and available, and we can do that online as well as in person. Uh, we can hold each other accountable online. We can uh, invite people to have those conversations online. Um, the same, I think it's more difficult. But I think we can model being Christ in person and online. Yeah, it, it will be more difficult. It's going to be more difficult. But the rewards are the same. The, as someone just said a few seconds ago in a class, we all end up in the same spot. On this earth, we all end up in the same spot. So the question is, is do you bring people into the next spot? Do you ask someone else to come on to the next journey? Just to be clear, we all end up in the same spot. You mean death. <laughs> Dead. And to bring people to the spot beyond that, you mean heaven. heaven, just to be clear. Yeah, that's our responsibility. When, uh, when Jesus says one of the responsibilities for being in Christ is to equip others for works of service, 
looking for those results, that's one of the results, yes. getting into heaven. Um, I, I really appreciate you coming and just having this conversation with us today about uh, one of our, uh, uh, especially our elders' favorite chapters. Uh, I think all of our elders like chapter 4 of Ephesians to equip the saints for works of service. Um, and that's one of the visions of our church, that we would be an equipping church. Um, we wouldn't just equip our own congregation to serve God, but we would help other congregations equip their, their people uh, to serve God. Um, and uh, since Tim is up here, one of the traditions that we don't, we don't do anymore, we used to uh, have the elders and deacons, they would have a pageant every Sunday as they brought communion in up to the front. And then they would uh, do a big ceremony. They would uncover the communion and pray for the communion. Then they would pass communion to everyone. And then they would bring it all back. We'll, we'll just uh, revive one of, those, uh, one of those traditions today and have uh, Tim lead us in communion and pray over our communion time together. When we gather together, uh, one of the, the greatest things about gathering together is partaking in the body and blood of Christ in communion together as the body of Christ. And so, Tim, if you wouldn't mind... Uh, to lead us in that process today. Heavenly Father, we come to you at this moment in time, our time of communion. We're going to partake in bread that represents the broken body, and we're going to partake in juice that represents the, the lost blood of Christ as he was on the cross. Put on the cross for my sin, for our sin, so that there would be a time when we came before you, you would not see a sinful person, but a Christ-like person, one clean and worthy of heaven. We are to take this in a manner that is worthy of that. So, Father, I just thank you for this representation of the bread that represents the Christ body. Go ahead and take the bread. And on the evening when he was gathered with his closest friends. He knew what the future for him was, but he held up a cup, a cup full of juice, and he created a new covenant, one that invited us in. He said, drink this, for it is my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. Go ahead and drink the juice. These things I pray in Christ's name. Amen. If this message has inspired you or encouraged you, we would love if you shared it with a friend. To help support ministries like this one, go to wcconline.org slash donate.